With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You got a fast car. I got a ticket to when he will. Sam Hewitt or Luke Combs? I'll let you decide. <laughs> that is Luke Combs, by the way. Um... Showed up at the All Blacks game in uh, Dunners and was in the sheds as well. I think he's in New Zealand for his tour, which I tried to get tickets to, but uh, just, yeah, they were all sold out. I think they sold out in like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever when they went on sale, and uh, they were wicked expensive as the, on the resale. Um, I went to Morgan Wallen, though, you remember, a couple of months ago. Him and him and Luke Combs are sort of the two big country artists at the moment in America. Fast Car, obviously the rendition of Tracy Chapman, and that's like number one everywhere around the world. It's really caught on country. So when I was in America in 2011, um, my roommate, who was a baseballer, ended up getting drafted by the Yankees. Funny story. And he, um, have I told you that before? <clears throat> Do you want me to tell you that story? Yeah, why, why not? That's a His name's Curtis song. Pomeroy. He's one of my best mates. I'm going over to see him when I go over in November. Um, he was a primarily a shortstop with the hardest throw I've ever seen in my life. So he broke the first baseman's glove three times throughout the regular season. Now, in baseball, you, you generally you have your glove. It's like a cricket bat. You wear it in. You know, you use it. You practice with it. You sort of sit at home and you sort of go, you know, open it and close it to get it all malleable and everything. And then the games come around. It's all worn in. So this guy was like ropeable that Kurt kept breaking his glove because he had to keep getting a new one and wearing it. Um, but his throw was that hard. I would watch them train down on the baseball field. And they'd be the length of the field apart, which is maybe, what, 80 metres or so, 80, 100 metres from the outfield to the infield. And they'd just be sort of tossing it to each other. And Kurt would throw throw his ball in a dead straight line 100 metres. Like no no arc, no rise, no fall, just a dead straight line. Um, insane, insane. Anyway, he, um, he became a pitcher at the school that we were at because they realised he threw so hard and he couldn't throw anything but a fastball. But it didn't matter because he threw it so fast that no one could pick it up. No one could hit it. Um, so he became a bit of a quasi-pitcher, uh, went to Georgetown, which is a Division One uh, school. And then, um, as all pitchers did, sort of got a bit of a case of the old Tommy John, um, wasn't able to pitch, did a lot of um, rehab and all that sort of stuff, and his baseball career fell away after high school. He got drafted by the Atlanta Braves and then sort of gave it up, um, didn't sort of get signed and gave it up after college. Then, it was about a year later, a year and a half later, he was playing in his local league in a... a um, he was getting coached by our uh, the baseball coach of our old school who was involved in some of the minor league teams around the Boston area and said to him, mate, have you um, have you thought about keeping baseball going? He said, oh, mate, I've you know, gone through injuries and stuff. I'm not really that keen. He said, well, I know um, a Yankee scout who's in the area and I can get him to come and watch you throw. And he was like, what's the harm in it? Sure, get him along. So Kurt hadn't pitched in like two years or something. He goes down to this um, training facility and he throws a couple of pitches. And straight away, this old scout, you know what they're like, they're sort of 70 years old, they doddle over to him and he goes, um, do you know, uh, you have any idea how fast you were throwing? Kurt's like, oh, mate, haven't thrown in three years. It's like a police officer in the 70s. Or yeah, do you know how fast you were going? He's like, mate, 85, maybe 90 miles an hour. Now, in baseball, the golden number is 100 miles an hour, right? Yeah, like yeah. You throw that and you're, you're a starter, yeah. basically. So he said, um, he said, you were throwing 98 miles an hour. 
And Kurt hasn't thrown and th- like hasn't pitched in three years. And he was like, oh my gosh. And he said, I'm going to call up. He called up the Yankees organization and signed him right there on the spot. And he said, I, you know, and this is the sort of part of the story. You don't know if it's true, but I trust Kurt. He said, um, the scout said, I've never done this before. Where I've just picked up the phone and said, we've got to sign him straight away. They usually go through a whole process of seeing other scouts and second opinions. So Kurt signs for the New York Yankees. Um, goes into their minor league system. And if you know baseball well, you know that um, organizations have like 50 minor league teams, you know, all around the country. They play in all these different leagues. So he went down to Florida. And he just said it was brutal. And this is the this is what the minor leagues are like. So he said he would get paid. By the end of a month, he'd be lucky if he got paid about 500 bucks because they pay you, but then they take out your accommodation, your yeah. food, your travel and everything. He said he'd be lucky if he got 500 bucks a month in the in, in hand. I mean, yes, he was living and he got all his food and everything, but only having 500 bucks is not a lot. Yeah. And he was ranked something like... Oof, 70th on the pitching depth charts for the Yankees and I said to him I said if you threw a perfect game how many places would you move up if you you know and you know how rare a perfect game is like only 20 or something have ever been thrown in the MLB and he said if I threw a perfect game I might go from 70th to 50th or 55th wow you know, 15 places or 20. And I assume it wouldn't be then like 50th to 30th with just no, one other no, perfect no. game. And you, once would, you get to the top yeah, 30, yeah, it's very, sure. very slow. So, um, Some of those minor league teams, by the way, the, the names, I love it. Yeah. Like one of the... One of the Florida ones is the uh, Pensacola Blue Wahoos. <laughs> he might have been playing for them Maybe. down in Florida. And he also said that a lot of the guys on the minor league teams were well, actually probably in majors because it's dominated by South Americans now. And he couldn't, he didn't know, you know, Portuguese or Spanish or anything. So he couldn't speak to basically any of his teammates on wow. the team. He just lived on his own and he just said it was miserable. He did that for about a year and then he wow. was like, nah, Yeah, no, I'm there out is of like a yeah, heap of um, uh, representation in like, you know, Cuba, Dominican yep. Republic. Yep. Dominican like, Republic. Yeah. I think Dominican Republic might have the most representation in the MLB. Probably. I think the Dominican Republic has a bit of a. Thing. Anyway, why, why did I talk about that? Because Curtis was my roommate at school and he used to blast country music all the time and I hated it like I he would put it on and I would sort of like if he didn't turn it off I'd grab his belongings and I'd like throw them out the window or I'd like you so know, this back in your uh, acapella group days I was part of an acapella group at the time Robbie yes correct um, I'd pick up like his laptop and I'd like throw it outside and lock the door type thing just all that sort of stuff because I hated country and then with about a week to go in my time in America he puts the song on I was like this is actually a bit of a tune Sun's shining out, uh, you know, outside. We're going to go down and get some breakfast. Spring air, grass is green, and I thought that's actually a tune. And then he put another one on. That's also a tune. These are all tunes. I'm a country fan, and I was sold like a week before I went home to New Zealand. Wow. So it took it like a year, but we got there, and that's how I fell in love with country music. Not that and what were were all those songs by one artist? Or no, like no, good just, mix, good okay, mix. And I've right. moved on from a lot of those artists too, like the Jake Owens, uh, Kenny Chesney's. That was early days. Now, now moved on to the Florida Georgia lines, etc. But there's a there's a very long story that no one probably has any interest in. 